Are you packed? Ha 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 ha. Very funny. We leave on Thursday for Fiji. And it's Tuesday afternoon. That's right. And then what's wrong with Thursday morning packing? Well, it's a good way of leaving behind all the things that you really need and taking all the things you really don't need. <laughs> oh, it's too hard. I've got too much work to do be- between now and Thursday. Well, yeah. Uh, not least of which is this podcast. Yes. Today we're going to talk about the amazing expansion of the Building Commission in New South Wales, like by 10 times. Oh my God, it's becoming a real empire, isn't it? Uh, well, don't say that. <laughs> and we're also going to talk about the new push by New South Wales government to force developers to include affordable housing in the developments near uh, transport hubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have our lock up and leave, as okay. usual. All right. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for domain. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. Okay, a huge expansion of the Building Commission. Yes, this was a bit unexpected to me. Well, that law that came through... um, Last week, well, actually, it came into force yesterday, uh, the expanded powers of the building commissioner. I mean, it's all part of this thing. They're really cracking down on on uh, dodgy developers. I'm quite right, too. I mean, we've had so many stories. Every time you have a story about a, a developer and a development going wrong, yeah, that really kind of undermines confidence in the building industry, doesn't it? And when we're about to get so many more apartments on the market yeah. because yeah. we need more housing, yeah. That could be fatal for any of the the government. Yeah, and David Chandler, the building commissioner, was saying recently, and this was reiterated by the Premier and the Fair Trading Minister, that they're not looking at for quantity at the expense of quality with these new Mm. apartments. They want lots of new apartments of high quality. Great. And we were talking last week about the ICERT um, people. Equifax. Equifax. And how they've done a survey and something like, was it most people would pay up to 6% more if they felt more confident that that would get them a better quality building. Mm. So that's, there, there it is laid out for the developers. You can make the buildings better. You can make the apartments better, but you can charge a bit more mm, because people, right. if they feel confident, will go for that. Yeah. But you don't want the, the bad developers charging more. But building crummy buildings. Well, that's going to happen. (laughs) That will definitely happen. But then we have this team of 400 building inspectors. Wow. And how many was it originally? 40. And originally, before before the 40, wasn't it just David and his mate or something? (laughs) It wasn't as many. It wasn't very Mm. many. But, you know, David Chandler built up the building commission sufficiently to show that it was working, it could work. Wow. And, so um, where are we getting all these building inspectors from? Well, that's, that's a question, isn't it? I mean, um, maybe they're out-of-work dodgy developers. No. Oh, no. no. Maybe they're out of work from the building companies that have, have gone under. Yeah. Um, because of the high construction costs, high cost of materials, COVID, that kind of yeah. stuff. I can't imagine yeah. that they would just suddenly turn up, you know, like 400 building inspectors would suddenly appear. But, um, you know, they'll have to train them up and things. But I guess that's what the ultimate expectation is. Sure. Great. 
And of course, that comes with the new powers to basically go into any apartment or any house that's being built anywhere in New South Wales and just Isn't turn it up. Even and, after it's been built. As yeah, well. I think so. Yeah. yeah, and just say, right, we're here to inspect the uh, the mm. foundations or whatever. Fantastic. It would put the fear of God into any developer not doing the right thing, wouldn't it, really? I think that's the idea. They'd mm. rather, rather than going around telling people to fix things, which mm. they have the power to do now, like they can come in and say, look, that is going to be defective, so fix it now before you finish and cover it up with all nice shiny plastic. They can go in and tell people to, to fix things, and they can go in whenever they want and tell people to fix things when they're finished. I mean, mm. it's huge, really. Yeah. Now, we're going to have uh, somebody from consumer, is it consumer or customer services? Customer service. Customer service, New South Wales, a gentleman called Angus Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Is it Aberdeen? Not Aberdeen. Sounds like it should be Aberdeen. But anyway, Angus will be here on the podcast next week to explain what all these things are about and what they're doing. Oh, that would be really interesting. It, w- it should be, yeah. Because yeah. so, you kind of know the, the the sort of things that they'll be inspecting. I guess membranes is always a huge thing. Mm. Um, but cracking walls, you know, how can you inspect for that? Well, the warning signs. Yeah. That would be really interesting. I'd be keen to... But to, I, I'm interested yeah. in where they're going to get, as you said, where are they going to get all these inspectors from and and how or how many are they bringing in at a time? I think they've got a new office building to, just for the... The Building Commission. Mm, wow. Or a new suite of offices. They're certainly mm. expanding big time. So well, Hopefully they're well built. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if uh, anybody can check it out, it's them. <laughs> we're, when we come back, we're going to talk about the new pressures being put on developers to add affordable homes uh, in new developments. That's after this. <laughs> And we're back. So it's uh, in the paper the other day, the New South Wales Premier has said, okay, all you developers that want to put up high rises near railway stations, and there's a lot of new stations on this metro line that Mm. are about to open, we need you to put affordable housing in. And, 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 and social housing, I think. And social well, housing, yeah. Both of them. And they're saying, no, it's not a case of, yes, you'll put it in if we give you two or three stories more on the height of the building. Go in with a building that meets the local planning requirements and make sure there's enough uh, social and affordable housing in there. As well. That's a really good step, isn't it? Because, I mean, the developers who are building around transport hubs, they get the advantage of the transport hub, don't they? Yeah, I mean, They get the absolutely. advantage of maybe a, a train station or bus depot nearby. Yeah. And it's obviously going to be close to shops and restaurants and cafes and community facilities. Mm. So they've got all that. They don't actually have to build much infrastructure into yeah. the new development. So therefore, they should be giving something back. Yeah. Because this is kind of the way of the future. We don't want loads of big greenfield developments miles away from anywhere. No. And we have to build infrastructure. We have to build more roads and people are going to be driving longer distances. Mm. People love living 
kind of near lots of facilities, and that's going to be the way of the future, I think. But if you have a clean, fast, efficient, reliable rail service near your apartment... Mm, that's going to be a big seller. Yeah. When you look at all the fuss in New South Wales about the new Roselle interchange uh-huh. and, and what a disaster that's been, yeah. you kind of think, well, thank God we do have trains and we do have that option a lot of the time. I mean, I spent most of yesterday on a train. Yeah. <laughs> Coming back from Lithgow, and I spent most of today on a train as well, going backwards and forwards to the town and to mm. Bondi Junction and stuff. It's great having rail facilities so close by. Mm. And, and when they work well, and they often do, it's it's great. I mean, it is worrying that in New South Wales, there's all these reports that keep coming out saying that the rail system is actually hanging by a thread yeah. because it hasn't been maintained properly. Yeah. And the, we, we had that guy a few weeks ago who didn't turn up to work. He called in sick and the whole system closed to, down. Yeah, because he didn't have a signalman. Yeah. yeah, it was incredible. It's astonishing things like that can happen. So we really need to shore up our rail system Yes, and our, um, and our bus system as well. I got a bus yesterday. And it's a bus I've got once before, and it's a place sort of around Lithgow to the train station. I was the only person on this bus, and the bus trip was about 20 minutes. Right. And I've caught it a couple of days, and both times I've sat up with the driver and had a long chat because (laughs) there's nobody else. Wow. And I think it's because it is so irregular. If it was a much more regular service, then people would use it much, much more. Yeah. And – we, we just have to keep improving our public transport at the same time as we keep building new roads and building new tunnels and, you know, building bigger yeah, roads yeah. as well. And, we, we just need to do this in tandem so people do choose public transport often. Well, I uh, use this app on the phone called City Mapper, uh, which we've used overseas as well, but they now have it in both Sydney and Melbourne. Last night I had to go to a function in Newtown which is kind of awkward to get to. From King's Cross. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and even if you go by train, it was at the wrong end of King Street. Like it would have been a mile walk back to the where the function was. Mm. So I go on City Mapper, I get on the train to Town Hall, jump off the train Town Hall, jump on the light rail round to Haymarket, cross the road at Haymarket, get on the bus, all on this app, <laughs> and sit on the bus and, you know, total journey time, probably half an hour from front door yeah. to the place in Newtown. Could not have been easier. Yeah, and that can be quite hard to work out on your, on your own if you're looking at bus timetables and stuff and train oh, yeah. timetables. Yeah. But some of the apps are just pretty fantastic. Yeah. And, and it way, tells you when the train's coming, doesn't yes, it? It yeah. tells you when the bus is coming. Yep. So you kind of can make a decision. It tells you you've got, you that. can get on this bus in two minutes or there's another one in seven minutes or there's another one in 12 minutes. On the way back, I just crossed the road. There's a bus coming going to Martin Place. So I just mm. sat. And then the weird thing was I'm sitting on the bus and I'm so unused to being on a bus in Pitt Street, a street that I'm really familiar with, but not from the point of view of sitting in a bus. So I'm constantly checking out the window going, do I recognise that shop? Is it, what street is this? Is, am I there yet? And as it turned out, when I got to Martin Place, all I had to do was cross the road mm. and I was straight into the, the railway station. Yeah, so public transport can work out really I think, well. I think transport, we complain about it a lot mm. here, but it's pretty good. Well, we do live in the centre of things, so it's much easier for us. Yeah. I remember going out to Schofields once and just being amazed by the lack of infrastructure out there. And, mm. you know, there are so many apartments out there now. Yeah. And there just was very little 
out there in terms of infrastructure. I mean, there is a rail station, but, you know, you kind of have to travel quite long distances to get there. Right. And that's a problem because then everybody needs a car. Everybody yeah. needs a car space. Which means we the need to build more choked. roads yeah. and more yeah. spaghetti junctions all yeah. over the place. And it, it's interesting because a lot of developers build developments and then build the infrastructure later. Yeah. Whereas some developers make it a point of building the infrastructure first and then the development. Right. You know, you can understand why they'd want to do the first way because they want the money first. But the second way, you kind of think would build a much better kind of development. People really want to go there. Yeah. Um, creates much more of a community feeling if they can see there's lots of amenity nearby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but while we will have many more developments kind of out in places where you, it's a long distance from the, from the city, we need more and more apartments in the, different hubs of the city yeah. you know where people can you know if they can jump on a train and be in the town center the city center in 20 minutes great you know yeah. they don't need to live in the city center to go to work or to come in for entertainment or whatever mm. provided the infrastructure is there yeah to get them there and i mean and i would choose a train over a car any day because yeah. on a train you can sit and read you can sit and work um mm. on a computer you can listen to an audio book you can do yeah, a crossword, yeah, you can do yeah. Wordle, you can do anything really, whereas in a car, yeah, an awful lot. I mean, we're embarrassed to say that our little car, it's about seven years old now, it's done 22,000k. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but it's a business car, so, uh, you know, we don't, we don't need to use it all the time. When we come back, I want to say uh, a few things about electric bike charging. That's after this. So we were walking down the street the other day, down Victoria Street. Remember, we went past that um, backpacker hostel mm. and counted the number of e delivery e-bikes outside. Yes, because I guess there are lots of backpackers. That's the good way to earn money, yes. delivering. So food. there was eight of them chained up against the railing. All of them had their, obviously, their batteries had been taken out, which meant all those batteries were somewhere inside that hostel. Mm. Now... There's another fire on Sunday, I think, in a, an apartment. And again, it was delivery drivers. They brought their bikes or their, their batteries into the apartment. It's a fire. One of the kids ended up with 40% burns. Oh, yeah. And three or four of them were also injured. Fortunately, because it was an apartment, it was basically a concrete box. So the fire department was able to contain the fire to the one apartment. Mm. Although they evacuated the building mm. while they put the fire out. But it made me think, this is going to be an ongoing problem. I think the backpacker situation is really, I mean, we've already had one fire in a backpacker hostel in King's Cross. Mm. Um, that was quite spectacular. They're kind of the canary in the mine in some ways, aren't they? Well, yeah, but these are canaries that are going to get burned, you know, and, and the kids <laughs> around them are going to get burned. Well, these mm. backpacker hostels are not. Mm. Uh, modern concrete buildings that are mm. fire safe. They are a lot of them are old, rambling buildings with a lot of timber inside. Mm. Um, thankfully, since the last big backpacker fire in Kings Cross, they all have to have sprinkler systems and things like that. But even so, mm. so the Owners Corporation Network is onto this. Our friends there, mm. and uh, they're going to have a seminar in early in the new year, but they're also devising a bylaw mm. so that uh, you can 
restrict the number of e-bikes and batteries and whatever, or at the very least make it safer for the other residents in the building if mm. somebody does have an e-bike or a, a battery or whatever. Or an e-scooter, I suppose. Or an e-scooter, Sue, yes, like you. Mm. But it just seems to be a very sensible step to take to yeah. to put to, to put together a bylaw that is workable, that is fair, that is reasonable, but at the end of the day makes the building as safe as it can be, mm. which I think is a good thing. So we'll, go, we'll keep an eye out for that. And when we get dates for the webinar, we'll put them on the website. Oh, great idea. Absolutely. And while we're talking about transport, um, <laughs> we, we went <laughs> we, we, we walked. Segue, I suppose. We, we did a, a big sponsored walk on um, Sunday, Sunday yeah. um, in aid of the charity MedEarth, Med-Earth. which recycles old um, Australian hospital equipment and supplies and instead of putting them into landfill it recycles them and sends them to the developing world to hospitals and clinics that really need that kind of equipment so we did a sponsored walk for that and we just wanted to thank everybody who sponsored us yes Um, because our little team was the the most successful at fundraising that's right we raised about three thousand eight hundred dollars should have tried harder <laughs> so but we just wanted to thank our listeners who sponsored us so thank you yeah, very much yeah That's and, uh, and by the way if you're thinking this charity sounds like a good idea because it reduces landfill and it helps sick people so it's a double whammy um trails for change is the central fundraising body mm. so uh, get onto that yeah you can uh, still donate and you can still donate to us with a fully booked team fully booked <laughs> We want to win. The great thing about it is the benefit every dollar gives is worth something like, you know, every every $10 is worth $100. No, no a $1,000. $1,000 worth of medical equipment. It, right. It so it's a hundredfold. Mm. And, you know, a $200 donation basically can equip an operating theatre mm. in the third world. And we have such great... Um, Healthcare in this country, although yeah. we do complain about it, but is it is incredible. We are lucky, and um, so it's nice to be able to do something for other people. I wonder if America gets some of the stuff. They say no, they don't have a good health. They're service. not developing country. No, even though right. sometimes they look they're it. just a bit backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, um, lock up and leave. Yes, on our Mild, Mild Rover website, MildRover.com. Mm, which is going gangbusters, by the way, oh, folks. Great. Yeah, fantastic. So we look particularly at holidays for people who are residents of apartments because it's so easy to just lock up and leave. Yep. It's fantastic. And one of the holidays that caught my eye was a trip, I think it was a three or four day stay at the Reef View Hotel in the on Hamilton Island yeah. in the Whitsundays. Yeah. And actually, that's my favourite place to Is stay. It? I love that place. The rooms are big and they've got these huge windows looking out over the water. Mm. And um, you open the windows, then all these birds fly in. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, they kind of mostly stay outside, but they kind of try and waddle oh, in. You made and it then sound like out. that Alfred they, Hitchcock film. <laughs> they kind of they can waddle in, right. and they kind of steal a bit of sugar that that might be left on the table or something, and then waddle out again. Right. But and that's the first time I've ever seen that. And obviously, it's really bad because sugar is poisonous for birds. Right. But um, it it's just I remember being overwhelmed when I first went there. It was the first time I'd been to the Whit Sundays. Yeah. And Hamilton Island is so beautiful anyway. Yeah. And it was just. It was just absolutely gorgeous, and there's so much to do there. You know, yeah. you can, you know, rent a, a 
boat, go out in a boat for a bit. Mm. Um, you can go to Whitehaven, the, you know, one of the best beaches in the whole of Australia. Right. You can do lots of water sports, paddle boarding. That's, I like paddle boarding. It's your namesake who created that, Keith Williams. Oh, gosh, yeah. That was a long time ago, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? I wish he were. I wish I had some of his money. <laughs> So that's so that's a special deal. It's on the it's through Luxury Escapes, I think, mm. as many of our deals are, and that's on the mildrover.com website. All right. Well, we'd better get packing because uh, Fiji awaits. Mm. And uh, we'll in fact we might be doing our next podcast from there. No, our next podcast is going to be Angus mm. from Customer Services New South Wales who's going to explain all about this massive expansion of the building commission um thank you very much for listening and uh, we will talk to you again soon bye bye thanks for listening to the flat chat rap podcast you'll find links to the stories and other references on our website flatchat.com.au and if you haven't already done so you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify or your favorite podcatcher Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.